promised myself 12 months ago that I wouldn't drink again. Welcome back to Still Not Drunk, the podcast about drinking, hosted by a comedian who doesn't drink. That's me, Aiden Jones. I hope you guys are doing good. Thank you for listening. I'm recording this on a boat, a ferry even, in Greece, uh, on the way from Mantudi to uh, Skiatos, uh, this island that I'm going to. Um, if you're watching on the video here, you can probably see a little boat kind of window behind me. <laughs> um, today on the podcast, we've got uh, Michael Schaefer. This is a great episode. I really, really loved this chat that we had. Schaefer is a comic from Melbourne and a good friend I've known for years and years. We've gigged together, all of this kind of stuff. Um, we talked a lot about... Um, so Schaefer's Jewish and I mean, I've known him for years, but we've never really spoken about him being Jewish. Why would we? And I don't know that much about his family life or, you know, growing up or whatever. But that was just kind of where the conversation went. And this is, I think, one of the best interviews that I've done in terms of like kind of we we found a great arc of like talking about him being raised Jewish, going to Jewish school and the Jewish community and his place in that community and the way that he kind of sees it and how it fits into who he is and then bringing it back to like the way that I have used drinking as a way to cope with difficult moments in life and the fact that he doesn't drink that much or he doesn't really... Drinking just doesn't have a huge part in his life and so how he has the ways that he copes with those difficult moments and then also being Jewish the way that the Jewish community kind of does because like drinking isn't a big thing culturally for Jews but we found I guess some other ways and like the huge trauma that that community has in the Holocaust and that historical memory of whatever that community has found ways to deal with that trauma that aren't drinking and um, I don't know, it was just, I found it so interesting, man. And towards the end, I just finished listening to the podcast now and the interview to um, clip up some of the reels. And towards the end of it, we, I don't know, it was very funny the way that we kind of brought it all back to like, you know, Jew, Jewish, like the, the Jewish culture doesn't really have, you know, drinking. But what they do have is this. I won't spoil it, but it was very funny, the, the place that we got to. Um what else? We were drinking. Um, the sponsor for this week, by the way, and every week, obviously, anadrinks.com.au, um, alcohol-free drinks platform. Get all your stuff from anadrinks.com.au. Deliver all over Australia, and they've been kind enough to sponsor the podcast. They rock, so go get your stuff from there. They've got everything. If you want an alcohol-free drink, they've got it for you. Um, the drink that we were drinking this week was Tina. That uh, stands for This Is Not Alcohol. Shafe actually didn't drink it because he told me he was like allergic to some stuff and so I assumed that he couldn't drink beer so I brought around this Tina it was the Tina 1.0 High Mountain Oolong Pear Tangy Calamansi and Botanicals and um, I brought it around and found out that the thing he's allergic to is fructose which come on mate <laughs> it's like what the fuck is that what can you drink i don't know so he had a tea i think he had a, did he have a tea or a coffee or something i can't even remember and i drank the tina by myself but um the tina was wicked it was actually we talk about this as well it's uh made by the partner of one of our friends um comedian saran jayaman and uh 
that was a cool little connection to have. I mean, it also it feels like they're doing really well, these guys, because um, it was just ranked number one on Guardian's uh, non-alcohol drinks taste test. Not this one, but one of their other flavors. But um, it's just a really cool thing. It's like marketing itself as not an alcohol-free thing or like a, it's an alternative to alcohol. And we talk about that as well in the podcast, the way that a lot of these drinks are kind of marketing themselves in opposition to alcohol rather than just being a different thing it's just like this doesn't need to be anything to do with alcohol it's just a nice drink that you can have and i really like on their website copy they say that um they're all about finding joy in the drinks that we drink every day and the rituals that we form around those drinks i think that's a really cool way to look at it because it doesn't need to be about alcohol, but just about a drink that you drink that you enjoy and it's something that becomes part of your daily ritual. And that's what a lot of these drinks are to me, I think. Since I quit drinking, a lot of these drinks that are just kind of nice and fun and interesting to explore and taste new things, they're just a new part of my daily ritual in the way that alcohol kind of was, but also kind of different. So, um, yeah, really loved the Tina 1.0 definitely cop that i was bummed that schaefer couldn't try it but i mean i had two for myself i brought one for him and i just ended up drinking both of them so that was sick if you're liking the podcast give us a five star review on itunes and spotify follow the instagram page and uh let's uh still not drunk pod and share it to some of your mates um i'm very excited for some of the interviews that i've got coming up i've got some stuff in london some stuff in edinburgh with some uh or one especially with a sober comic who was one of the reasons that i like one of the kind of inspirations for me quitting drinking um i'm hoping to lock him in for a podcast when i'm in london and yup i think that's it i hope you guys enjoy this interview with uh my good friend and fantastic comedian Michael Schaefer. What did you? What, what? What were you doing today before I got here? What was I doing today? I went for. Uh, I went to the gym this morning. Then went for a really nice run on the beach. You gym a lot? Yeah, I try to go like every day. I probably get there five times a week because mm-hmm. um, traveling makes it hard. But um, yeah, I try to go gym every some day. Like, some like national gym membership or whatever. Snap Fitness. Snap Fitness. It's national. It's all around Australia. Yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of the most annoying things about me moving to the UK shortly is uh-huh. I will have to find a new gym. another gym. I'm sure they'll have way more density of gyms over there though, right? Than you, would, like... you would think so. Yeah. I mean, you think so. But also you need to find – it took me ages to find Snap. I need to find a gym that was like in all of the places where I tour. It's not Anytime Fitness. That's the only one that I've heard anytime of. Anytime is another good one in right. Australia. But I need to find the Snap slash Anytime of yeah. the UK so that there's one in – London, there's one in Edinburgh, there's one in Cardiff, whatever, whatever, all the places I end up being. I couldn't fucking do it, man. I went when I was 21, when I moved to Melbourne, some of my mates started going to the gym and I was like, fuck, maybe I'll go to the gym, hey? Mm. And I went to the same one my mate went to. It's that one on Johnson Street in Melbourne in Fitzroy. Okay. Um, Oh, that's not not like the bodybuilding one or something. No, 
it might be. I don't know. I mean, back it was 10 years ago, so it might have been a different gym, but it's an independent gym. It's not the Anytime Fitness. It's next to it, and it's like an independent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, Independent yeah, gyms scare me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I See, I've always been the kind of arrogant fuckwit that is like, I need, I just, independent man, like, chains are kind of like, but in this. I love chains. Chains are fucking way better. I'm you pro can trust chain. them. I, you, you, can tr- you gotta be able to trust a brand. Yeah. Gotta, I like something about the mom and pop thing that I think, because it makes me feel special. It's like, it's about me. No, know? no, no, but it's always the service, the quality is always worse. Yes, totally. And it's not just for gyms, this is uh, for everything. You gotta you stick to chains. <laughs> you, you don't wanna get involved with someone's dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. You know, because I mean, yeah, because they, they like to do things their way. Yeah. You know, and you, then you get inconsistencies. No, no, no! You just gotta have a. You just gotta have your chains that you like and you stick to a base level. I like, like you know, Snap is my gym. Mm-hmm. Betty's Burger is my burger. Oh, joint. really? You have the burger? I uh, just think Betty's Burger consistently a good burger uh-huh. all around the country. I like a Porto. That's I'm actually just... in a Porto Gold member. <laughs> What? Mm. what? <laughs> I reckon that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and you know what? They actually have... <laughs> Oh, I've really got him. That's sick. <laughs> well, this is the first reel, brother. This is our first little bit of content for this week's episode. So funny to me because a lot of people will like humble brag and be like, oh, yeah, I'm platinum with Qantas. <laughs> yeah, virgin gold. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, well, I'm, I'm gold with the port. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually got a like a frequent card down at the fucking rub and tug place. So... <laughs> <laughs> you know, after my after one more visit, I get my next happy ending free. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually hilarious because I do love a Porto, but I think a part of it is just like I love it because so many people, especially in Melbourne, think that it's shit and I'm just a contrarian. So I'm like, nah, man, it's sick. I'm always going to go there. <laughs> Fuck you. I, I think it's fine. I don't think it's something to be uh, bragging about either way. It's quite... Their system is not set up well. Like... <laughs> Uh, the QR code that I have to display on my phone that they scan never works. So I have to tell them my phone number every time I go, I'm a, I'm a thing. And they go scan the code. <laughs> oh, you and I'm have like, to walk in. Yeah, and, and I'm like, no, it doesn't work, but this is my phone number. And then I set it up when I first set it up. I set it up as Taco, which I don't really go by that name. I mean, I, mean, I do, but like, it just, it always gets a little eyebrow raised. They're like, is it Taco? And I'm like... Whatever, man. Just give me my fucking burger. <laughs> I've got a bit. Watch my special, okay? You'll, yeah, yeah, you'll figure yeah. it out. Wait, question for you. What 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 benefits do you get from being a gold member at a porter? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> you accrue. It um, seems like all you had is this rigmarole of having to show them a QR code. Yeah, yeah. Which just seems really annoying. You you get dollars per dollar that you spend. So basically, like, I think it's uh, I think gold is like maybe fifty cents per dollar. Okay. You get like, you know, a bonus thing or maybe it's not even, maybe it's less than that. But whatever it is, you then get that off of your next order or you can ah. save it up. So like every, Actually, sound pretty good. every six months <laughs> you get like, you know, I'll get a fucking free burger, something like that. Okay, it's not bad. Because I go like once a month maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Wait, fine. you're gold by going once a month. 
Oh yeah, no. Oh. You only have to do you only have to do like twelve visits a year, I think, to get oh, gold. That's they, you've got to, They've got to revisit their system. Yeah, it's fine, man. It's super cruisy. Is that the, then, is that the highest then, you can? Is that the highest? No, status? you can get platinum. <laughs> okay, they've got yeah, platinum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the real thing, <laughs> the real benefit, Michael, is yeah, not please. the monetary benefit. It's the status of being able to tell people. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been great laughs like that. <laughs> that's that's just, why we do it. Just me. Folding when you told me that you were oh, a gold. That was that's worth it, absolutely. Yeah. I thought it'd be like, yeah, the airport, like when you're gold, you don't have to queue up in the line. There's a separate line oh, nice. for you to go straight to your but the counter. The thing is, is, there's never a queue at a yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> Not in Victoria, anyway. It's, it's not as popular as you might think it Everyone would be. Everyone thinks it's fucking grilled, man. I don't fucking grilled's bullshit. It sucks. I'm not a big fan of grilled. Like I said, Betty's Burgers. Mm. That's my chain. Yeah, nice. Um, so do you, you grew up in Melbourne, hey? I did, I did. From, uh, in in the east, East St Kilda, the Jew Belt, the Jew Belt, <laughs> Bagel Belt, Bagel Belt is that Bagel what they call Belt, it? The, or the Ghetto, either or. Oh, really fine. that's horrific! It is. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually very funny that um, the Jews have like uh, copped to the word Ghetto. Yeah, because Ghetto has re- a Ghetto was a real bad place to be. Totally. Oh, oh so that's a word that Jew people, Jew people. Fuck. <laughs> All right, mate. <laughs> I, just, I, f- I don't right, know mate. how to fucking say it. <laughs> Getting cancelled on your own podcast. I Brutal know. Stuff. You know what I was thinking today? I actually I spoke earlier today to uh, our our mutual friend Eve Ellenbogen. Yes, yes, I had yes. A lovely chat to her. Big old Jew over in New York. Well, I was thinking as I I was thinking of how I would tell you, and I was wondering. Is the the word Jewess? <laughs> that you can't do Jewess. You can't do Jewess. Yeah, that's so funny. That's a really bad one. That's really interesting because it's funny you bring that up. I had a bit in like this year's show that I'm touring around about how the word Jew people think you can't say the word Jew just because mm-hmm. it just sounds like because it sounds like a slur. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a slur. Yeah, but. Um, Jewess, but now it's funny you bring up the word Jewess. You can't say that's Jewess. like Dickens. Dickens was like <laughs> yeah. he would say shit like that because Jewess is like oh this. I think it's funny the the term Jewess is very funny because the connotation is it's going to be this Jewish woman who is like evil and and is, old. Not even necessarily old, but just someone who's or like, like going to manipulate conniving. you and conniving. Yeah, okay. And, and that's and 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 she's going to like seduce you. Right. Um, and offer you sex and take everything from you. Oh, is it a sexual think, thing as well? Well, I think it's like a Jewess. Use, use, her, like, use, her, she's a womanly, Jewess. use her womanhood to manipulate to, you. Exactly. Interesting. Which, which I think is funny because if you've met Jewish women, they're not attractive at all. So <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to imagine a Jewish... Hey, I mean, that's, that's for you to say and for me to listen to. <laughs> no, just we're not like known. Like we're Jewish. Jews it's are not de- known not for like... It's not a part of the stereotype. Yeah, they're, like, oh, they're attractive. they beautiful Jewish woman. Yeah. No, yeah. everyone's like, oh, look at that hot. Brazilian, no one's like, oh, look at that hot Jew. Yeah, you know and I mean? no one's ever like, look at that fiscally, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. intelligent and astute Brazilian. Yeah, woman. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my point. I mean, they got big butts, and yeah. we've got, you know, big, <laughs> big butts and big banks. Yeah, big butts <laughs> and big butts. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think it's funny, yeah, that the word Jewess even exists. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's describing a woman who is not, who's fictional. Yes. Yeah, sure. It's a, I mean, it's just like an obsolete stereotype. Mm. Did you, you grew up Jewish. What does that mean? What does that mean? Great question. It means that like I went to a Jewish school. So um, only Jewish people go to the school? Yeah. I think actually sometimes they have like a couple of non-Jewish kids because the teachers are often not Jewish. Right. And they'll get discounted school fees if their kids attend the school. So mm-hmm. sometimes you'd have like a few non-Jewish kids at the school. Uh-huh. But they have to buy into all the Jewish stuff. So really? They, have they to still go. have to go to the thing? Yeah, they what, still have to, to like, like go to the Jewish, you know, like we had a, a synagogue 
at our school and when we were like going through our bar mitzvah year, we had mm-hmm. to go to synagogue like every morning. Everyone does awful. that. That's a year, like it's the same year for everyone. Yeah, like year seven when you're all turning 13. Right. So um, yeah, there's like a, a huge, I think it's mostly your schooling I think is what makes you Jewish, I think. What do you mean? Well, just because like when you're in a Jewish school, like you have, you're just thrust into this, uh, Jewish community, yeah, and you and you, you know the the culture of you, you you pick up all these cultural habits, right? Like um, you know working hard, um, academic success, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of your values come from being in that environment. Yeah, right. So I mean, obviously, you're still Jewish if you don't go to a Jewish school. Yeah, but, but I, maybe I think, not as culturally Jewish. Yeah, I think so. It's so interesting because, like, I went to a I went to a public primary school, I went to a private high school, and it was Lutheran school, and mm. I really enjoyed it. And um, but but I don't know that I would say that there's like a set of Lutheran values that we were really taught. It was right. pretty liberal, actually. And like I was a staunch atheist when I was younger because I thought I was smarter than everyone and so that means you're an atheist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like welcomed and I would challenge them and they would challenge me and all that kind of stuff. It was just like a there was no like you. we went to chapel twice a week but like I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that I felt like do you reckon the non-Jewish kids at that Jewish school learn all of those Jewish values and would be a part of the community on some level? They wouldn't be a part of the community. No. Which is interesting. So like, and all, yeah, that's also part of like having a Jewish upbringing. Like you've got a network uh-huh. that you can always draw on. Yes. You know, like I know so many people yeah. and I'm, I don't know them, but I know them. You can reach out to them if you want because exactly. you're like, this is this thing and that like, thing or whatever. Oh, you're Michael Schaefer. You went to school with so-and-so. Yeah. You played football at the Jewish football club with so-and-so. Oh. Your dad is friends with this person. He's friends yep. with this. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And so like, Which you is know, handy. Yeah. It's like when people say like all Jews know each other. Yeah. It, does, it means like, uh, it doesn't mean we're a small community. It means that we all know each other because we all know, we all have mutuals. And so, and there is this culture amongst the community of like helping each other out. Because yeah. I think when you are in a minority, yeah. you are kind of like, well, we have to help each other out because we might not get a hand from other people. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that just comes from being like probably the um, non Jewish people who are just born in Melbourne, grew up in Melbourne, live in Melbourne also have those connections, you know? especially at other private schools that aren't Jewish. Sure, there sure. There are those same networks of like, you know, 100%. if you went to the grammar schools or whatever, 100%. it's the same thing. I think it is like that too. Yeah, 100%. I think those really elite, um, you know, private schools yeah, yeah, yeah. probably have a similar thing to it. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't like comment on that too much because that's not a part of my life. Uh-huh. I think it's similar, but I do think there's, I mean, those worlds are very much, I think they're connected by money. Yeah, sure. Whereas the Jewish community, despite all the stereotypes about Jews and money, it's not really connected by money. It's just by being connected by you're Jewish. Yeah. Oh, so there's... Like a shared history. Yeah, there's something that creates an obligation for me to help you now almost. And because you said that the other day, we were talking about your friend as a sports reporter and then one of our friends is a host on the project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contacted you. Is that guy a Jewish guy? Yeah, of course. There you go. One of my best friends from school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. You went to school together. But like, of course, like I'll help him out. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's not because he's Jewish. It's because he's your friend. Friend, but he happens to be Jewish he, because that's why you went to school. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's just the chicken and the egg. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, totally. Um, did you did you enjoy school? Did you enjoy the like Jewish part of it? Uh, look, I mean, I wasn't religious at all, so uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't like like the Jew- the Jewish studies sucked. I, uh-huh. I hated that. Um, you know, there were certainly parts of like the religious teachings that I hated at school. 
you know, particularly like the way in which like LGBT stuff either wasn't taught. Or you know what I want to do first? I've just realized we're getting sun on us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I took them up because I thought we needed more light. How's that? That's fine. Is that better? Nah, keep it in. I think it's good. I think people want to know. <laughs> people want to hear me made. taking the window down. <laughs> um, so what were we saying? the blinds. Um, uh, you, the Jewish studies part of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I was never into like Jewish studies. Mm-hmm. I found it very boring, and I was also yeah, I kind of rejected the way in which the school didn't teach anything about like. LGBT rights. Yeah. The school kind of annoyingly for me like really existed in its own bubble because the only thing it would, you know, the only like social cause or things would really discuss would be like Israel stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Whereas like we never, you would, I I don't recall ever having like broader discussions around like indigenous issues, gay issues, um, you know, anything, just anything that, you know, it was. It really seemed very narrow. It's um, interesting. It almost sounds like you're kind of Jewish first, then Australian. Yeah, I think so. Because if you want to be Australian, you're probably at some point going to want to think about Indigenous issues and social issues like queer stuff, you yeah. know, I mean, the things that actually affect Australian society yeah. broadly. And I just think Jews should talk about that because, like, you know, we talk about we're a minority and um, a big part of you know, what we were always taught is like, you know, you're a minority, so you should kind of like have empathy for other minorities. Mm-hmm. And I just always found it strange that we were never really, uh, never really encouraged to, you know, discuss those things at school or it was never worked in, into the curriculum. Like whenever there was like any kind of, you know, space in the curriculum to fill out something like maths and English and yeah. history, yeah. it was always like, oh, how do we cram something about Israel in this? Yeah, you know what right. I mean? And it's almost like that was the social cause that was yeah chosen and i understand that but i don't know i just feel like it does like it did i think a lot of the kids a bit of a disservice and i will say this like not all jewish schools are like that yeah okay so you know just i'm not i don't want to paint all schools like that because there's like heaps of them yeah it's just the one that i happened to be to was you know probably more conservatively jewish yeah sure um and others are not which is good yeah is that still a big part of your life now being jewish not i mean i mean i i say no but it kind of is just because like identify as being Jewish on stage and kind of publicly. Yeah. So it is something that, you know, I'm regularly yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I don't really have any religious mm-hmm. kind of connection anymore. Yeah, totally. To Judaism, and it's your, all cultural. Your parents like big into that thing? What are your parents no. like? I don't really know that much about your family life or anything like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my parents are both, again, very secular, don't believe in God or, you know, don't go to synagogue, no, none yeah. of that. Um, very strangely, though, my father in the last few years has decided I'm not going to eat pork. Oh, really? I've just decide, He's like, I'm not doing it. Do you know where that's come from? I asked him and I keep asking him, like, where has this come from? Because we had, like, a kind of a fight about it in that I once, like, this is like when I was still living at home. Like I got a pizza delivered at home and like it had like ham in it. And he was like, uh-huh. hey, you've got ham on the pizza? I'm like, what do you mean? You don't give a shit. It's like, like every time, like you, you grew up, it was never an uh, issue. Never. And like also like you were eating like, you know, shellfish the other day, which, is, which, <laughs> which in the Bible is, like, is just as bad as yeah. eating pig. 
but you know, he's you know that's that. There's no you can't reason with that. It's, totally, it's, it's it's by its definition irrational. Yes, but I ask him, you know, why is he like that all of a sudden? And I think it's got to do with like he I, he never got I never got a straight answer out of him. But I think it has to do with his own father after his own father passed away. I think my dad wanted to do something that made him Jewish. Right. Like that my, I think my dad was like, well. I'm like, what makes me Jewish? Right. And I guess me not eating pork now could be just a thing that keeps me Jewish. Okay. And I, I don't, I'm just psychoanalyzing my father. Yeah, Maybe yeah, thinking, yeah. He's thinking my father would want me to remain Jewish. Uh-huh. And so I have to do at least something. As like and a tokenistic, like a gesture. It's a gesture. Of some kind of support. And it's like going to synagogue is boring. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, and, eat, and I don't eat that much ham anyway. Okay. So that's an easy thing for me to cut out. Man, I would boycott. rather go to synagogue than give up bacon. <laughs> I fucking love bacon. You know what? You would, know you can you can just do both. You don't have to go to synagogue. You don't have to do either. And, so, yeah, <laughs> and you fine. can just forsake your father. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can totally do that too. Yeah. So I... I think that I never really understood. I mean, I never really understood why my father did that, but I think he wants to have something about him that is Jewish. Because mm-hmm. if you looked at him objectively in his life, you'd be like, "There's nothing about this guy that's Jewish." Yeah, okay. Um, and I think that's important because, like, you know, my his father was Czech, right? And his father was persecuted for being Jewish. And I during think, the war, during the war, and I think also um, fought against the Nazis. Wow, as a partisan. Oh, um, no shit. During, during Like in guerrilla warfare or whatever. I believe so. Like, well, when the Nazis invaded, I believe that he was involved in some sort of resistance movement. Wow. Um, I believe so. I remember being told all of this as a child. Yeah. And, you know, as a child, you're like, oh, wow, and you don't really question things. So, I don't know, maybe... This could all be, you know, I'd have to research a bit more deeply. Because mm-hmm. what I remember is funny about this is so my, my grandfather, my father's father, mm-hmm. he had a finger that was on like a 45 degree angle. It was like, his, I think it was his um, index finger maybe. Yeah. It just came out and just went on like a 45 degree like, angle. Like uh, get towards the other fingers kind yeah. of thing. Wow. And I remember like saying to my dad, like, what's up with Harry? Was his, I was like, what's up with Grandpa Harry's finger? Yeah. And my dad told me he got shot in the in the hand or in the finger during the war or something, and then it healed like that. That's what I remember being told as a child. Yeah, and then I and then years later, I said to my dad, "What was the story with Harry's finger? Was it because he got shot in the war?" And my dad was like, oh, "I don't know, I got no idea." Well, like your dad maybe just made it up <laughs> to just t- made it say up. to a fucking kid to be like, "Shut up, man. Let me just whatever." Yeah, it's like here's a cool story I can tell a child to get yeah, him off my back. Totally. So no, I, I so I do believe that my grand. I think he was involved in the resistance in some way. Yeah. But yeah, it's all pretty hazy, hazy now. Do you have any interest in like that's so cool because we were talking before about how uh, so that was not the one who you said was in the death camps. So your yeah. mum's dad was my mum's dad camps. was in the death camps. Um, yeah. So he for five so, years. Yeah, he was moved around for about five years. So he was in Auschwitz for a period. I think he was in Treblinka as well, um, and then was also uh, on the death march. So when the Nazis were retreating, yeah. because the Russians were invading, um, they marched, you know, because they're cunts and they were like, well, we can't, we don't want to leave our prisoners for the Russians to yeah, have. Yeah. We're going to take them with us back into, you know, Towards, behind German lines. Yeah. So they marched them for days through the, in, through the winter and they were called death marches because people were just dropping like flies and dying. And, and they would you, just leave them. And if you fall, well, they'll just shoot you if you don't get back up. Oh. And so, and my grandfather, he survived that and, was eventually liberated from from a camp um, when the war ended. Yeah, harrowing, incredible. Did yeah. you ever talk about that? Where does that? St- where do those stories come from? 
he talked about it to my mother uh-huh. um, and he's also talked about it to my older brother. Yeah. But he wouldn't talk about it to me. Mm-hmm. And because what happens when I was at school, we do this thing called the Roots Project at when you get to um, year seven. Okay. And the Roots Project, it's funny when I... I just assumed that everyone did this at their schools, but everyone, when I tell people about it, they're like, this is crazy. The Roots Project. So what you do in the Roots Project is you research your own family tree. You research your own roots. That's so cool. And it, and, and then you and you interview like your grandparents. And if you have great grandparents, you interview them if they're still alive. And you find out their life story and you collect artifacts about their lives. You try to find their birth certificates or like old photos from when they were children. And, and you try to piece together who they were and then how they had your parents and then how you came into the picture. Amazing. Yeah, it's like you do like your own little you know family ancestry.com history project. and i guess being jewish that's a part of like to uh indoctrinate that's not the right word but to you it, know teach it, kids about history and their value and importance yeah. of like i mean you call it indoctrination i don't mind it but it is that i don't think it's quite the right word yeah I mean, no, I know it's it, not in city yeah, yeah, yeah. let's fucking evil. teach these kids to care about their families <laughs> yeah. but what my, my what i loved about the roots but this is what i mean what i love what i think is very funny about it is that you got a grade on it right so you would do all this research and i get you have to grade it because you have to grade it some kids would not try that hard and they yeah, don't put totally. that much effort into the research so you got to give a grade to encourage them to research it uh-huh. but it was funny to like do all like to get a grade on your family, basically. Right. On your family yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, what I always found funny was like the kids who had Holocaust um, survivors in their family. Higher. A, a plus. Way higher. A plus. Good like, Jew. The oh best Jew. <laughs> <laughs> you get a good like, Jewish mark for being Oh my God. The four grandparents in Auschwitz. A plus. <laughs> a plus, of course. And it was like, so you'd have like those kids. And then you'd have like the kids who, a lot of South African Jews came to Australia right. in the 90s when, you know, uh, Mandela came to power okay. and they lost their um, black housekeepers slash slaves. Uh, and so they moved to Australia. <laughs> and so it's like, I imagine like as a teacher, you just see like one family that's like you know had four people in Auschwitz yeah. and like oh my god and the other family's like oh yeah you've also had hardship we lost our slaves. You lost your slaves so now we've come to Australia <laughs> and we're annoyed that there's yeah. no slaves here actually and like that was just their family history yeah wow um, and you know, so that would get obviously like B's and C's and stuff yeah. like yeah A plus for Are us you, uh, it feels like what you're coming around to is that because you have an older brother he interviewed your grandparents yes, first exactly and then this that grandpa was like man I already told all those yeah. stories and so that mm. means that you got a lower grade yeah oh Oh, do you know what? Actually, it actually, meant I got the same grade as my brother. Oh, okay. I just use all the. It's because the same family. I just use the same, the same shit. stuff. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have to really do much. Because I was, I, I thought you were gonna be like, mate, and I fucking didn't get a good grade. Yeah, and yeah. It's like it's not my fault. My grandpa's a closed book. What the? F- I would love if you were still salty about yeah, that yeah, twenty yeah. years later. <laughs> no, so yeah, my, my grandfather wouldn't speak to me about it. Yeah, right. So I had to go to the uh, my my brother's. Was it? Did you ask him personally? And he was like, I already did this. I did ask him about it. Yeah. And but it's like it's hard to it's hard to broach the subject. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to like bring up. So the Holocaust, right? Yeah, you totally. know. So um, I think I tried to like gently like raise a hey, I'm doing this project where I'm meant to speak to you about your life, and it was like what's what's there to tell? You know, like he didn't want to go into it. Yeah, right. So yeah, he they told my he told my brother you know the story and um you know what he went through and um and my mother got bits and pieces too so i mean basically he was um in labor camps because he was quite he was 18 when he was sent to he was born in 1921 
So his 18 whole f- when the war started. Exactly. Yeah. And um, his whole family, he had uh, seven or eight brothers and sisters. Yeah. All murdered. Whoa. Including like, and the parents. And the parents murdered. Oh, my including God. Including like a, you know, a, one of his sisters was like a toddler murdered in yeah. the gas chambers. Wow. And uh, well, him and one brother survived and they came to Australia <sighs> After the war. Oh, my God. And then funnily enough, he and his brother had a falling out. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Which is like the most Jewish shit you can ever hear. Is that really? Well, just like, well, we've been through so much together. We survived the death camps. What you fucking hate. the way he fucking (laughs) chews his fucking breakfast. He's annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like, oh, I think he still owes me money from 1973. (laughs) What are we fighting over? before the war? You don't clear the books? Remember those those four shekels? That currency doesn't even exist anymore. What are we fighting about here? Those Polish oh, Franks or man. whatever it was. So what was he like as a guy after going through all of that? My grandfather. Yeah. Oh, I mean, incredibly. Like, firstly, the strongest man I'll I'll ever meet. Yeah. Just so tough. Really. So like, oh, brut- like brutally tough. I mean, like he came to Australia. You know, he starts his own business with like not much behind him, and you know, just basically built up this huge empire. You know, he was like, he was a pastry chef, and he credit and he started up his own. The stores and he was very successful you know he worked very very long hours you know because like, it's pretty easy to work hard when you've come out of a fucking labor camp yeah you know what I mean? bet. so he was um incredibly strong man in, in terms of work ethic in terms of sacrifice and providing for your family but you know also incredibly um i think bitter and traumatized as well by his experience too so yeah there's it, I, I mean, you go through something like that, it just it changes you completely. And so, you know, obviously he was traumatized by that experience. That trauma then gets passed on to his children. Yeah. And then it's slow and then even then on to me as well. It's yeah. just, and over time it slowly dissipates a bit. Yeah, I guess it would be diluted every generation. But every it's still generation. Kind of there. But it's still there. Do it's still f- like even I feel it. I'm, yeah, like, oh, feel- yeah, I'm like that because of my grandfather. 100%. Right, I was going to ask, what do you think, like in what ways do you feel it? Do you have any kind of tangible thing that you're like, oh, that's that taking effect now? Um, I, I never leave food on my plate. Really? Never leave food on my plate. Yeah. And that's because my grandfather was a Holocaust. I, that's the reason. Yeah. Because he learned you don't know if you're ever going to eat again. So, so fucking eat it. eat now because you don't know what the future holds. Yeah. And then that gets passed down to my mother and that kind of gets down to me. Do you know what I mean? Like it starts there, comes yeah, and trickles totally. down to me. So that's just something that I'm, and I'm always like that. Um, same with, with money. Like I think we were talking about this last yeah. night. Like, Always have money. You always do have not savings. Dip into your savings. Always have savings. Always be ready for a rainy day. Again, that's yeah. my grandfather being like, "Oh, the Nazis could come back at any time." Uh-huh. Pass my mother down to me. So, um, you know that that those types of things, you know that I'm that I represent. Yeah. Oh, oh that's that's the origin is my grandfather. Totally. Yeah. I've been thinking because, like, uh, I guess to steer this a little bit towards drinking, mm. for me where drinking kind of took its place in my life and what I've been talking about a lot in the show lately is like it's a way to deal with things when they're hard to kind of emotionally check out of a difficult situation. Mm. Sounds like from what I can tell, I mean we haven't mentioned drinking yet so correct me if I'm wrong, but in the Jewish community and like culturally there's not the same place. Is there like how do people deal with being in the death camps and then having that for the rest of their life? Is it just work? I think it's just work yeah I, I think that a lot of them come out of that you know with this you know lack of confidence or certainty about the future uh-huh. and the only way to kind of 
um, cre- to do to create some sort of stability for your life is to have your own house, your own, you know, have money. Have yeah. I know, like you know, some families, Holocaust survivors, always have a freezer full to the brim of meat. Always, always, and every six months they have to throw out the meat because it's gone bad or whatever, <laughs> and they just fucking restock it. And that freezer <laughs> yeah. is for when the Nazis come back. Right. You don't know if there's going to be food. It's always there. It's always there. So I just think um, – I, I don't think it's in the Jewish – I could be wrong, but I don't – I know there's I know Jewish people who have problems with drugs and alcohol for sure. Yeah, I mean, Just yeah. like every community. But culturally, there's not this idea of like self-medicating. Yeah. Um, this idea of, okay, be prepared. Yeah. And drinking and doing drugs doesn't prepare you. It doesn't prepare you at it's all. It's just about being prepared. It's so, not – and the preparation is in itself in its own way like a way to cope with coping. the anxiety and the, 100%. the emotional – okay. We, if the Nazis come back, we know – We're we, ready. We're ready. We got the food. We can survive here for a week. We know where to go. We can go to Israel. We're uh-huh. always safe there. That's that shit that happens. That's shit that every Jew thinks about. Really? 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, particularly if you're a Holocaust family, 100%. I don't know what this is. I mean, this isn't that, but like I, when I was like 21 and I moved to Melbourne, I lived in North Richmond and I would always walk to the Abbotsford Convent to get the free food at the uh, Lentil as Anything, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I would walk along the river and I would always, I picked out my spot that I was like, if I'm ever homeless, if something happens, that's where I'm going to pitch a little tent next to this one tree and I'm going to have a thing. I wonder what that is. Like I always was like, why Why was I planning for the day when I would be homeless? Because I've never been homeless. No one in my family, you know, I guess my grandpa was like a farmer and he was always talking about generational wealth and how one generation makes the money, the next generation keeps it and the next generation Blows loses it yeah. it. yeah, yeah, that's what he always said. Yeah, yeah I don't know, man. It's, I mean, I guess it's you have a place to be like, that's why that is, you know? Yeah, I mean, can I, well, Israel, by the way, is that for the Jews? Well, oh, Israel is the fucking, that's where we're that's pitching our the tent. T- that's our tent. If it all goes to shit, yeah. we go to Israel because, right. like, you know, that's a Jewish state where Jews are welcomed and protected. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, you know, that's people don't understand why um, Jews are so strongly supportive of Israel. Uh huh. It's, you know, of course you can be really critical of Israel and its policies and I am and, you know, and a lot of things that that the government does is very upsetting towards me. But um, it still needs to exist in some shape because there needs to be a Jewish state for everyone to have a place to go. To even just know. Even just, if you never have to just use know it. It's, there, yeah. it's just like having a fucking axe under your bed. 100%. I hope I never have to use this, but I need it to be there. Yeah, I need it. Yeah, it's just it's the escape plan. And like, you know, fortunately in Australia, I don't think we need to use it. But yeah, I think we'll be there okay. are parts of the world where like you yeah. they fucking need to know that they can go there. Yeah. I mean, like if you're a Jew in like you know, Russia or, you know, there's heaps of countries where it's not a good place to be a Jew. Did you do that Israel trip, the right of return thing? Yeah, oh, yeah. so birthright is what you're thinking mm-hmm. of. I didn't do that. There's a few different ones. Okay. Um, I did a different one. Um, but, yeah, it's similar vibe. What it's is like, it? So I went on one. It was called – it's called Academy. Okay. 
um, it's for and it's for it's just for Australian kids. So birthright is like multinational. You Anyone can, can go. Yeah, like you be, so you can do it from Australia. And you'll be there with people from America and Canada or, or whatever. And anywhere. I heard the whole idea is to try and like, well, not the whole idea, but a part of it is like you go party or whatever, and they're like, you guys single? <laughs> you know, hook up with one of these yeah. one of these beautiful Jews. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've just learned that I can't say the word. <laughs> See that Jewess over there? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll handle that punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. I'll take that. Um, yeah. So what's interesting about those programs? It's kind of funny because they are. Yeah, they're. I mean, the. It's not even subtle. It's like we want you to go to Israel because the whole idea is hopefully you'll you'll meet a Jewish girl over there mm-hmm. and marry her and move to Israel and have more Jew children and have more Jew children and join the IDF and the Israeli Defense Forces and be a part of the army, right? Etc. Like that's kind of it's it's the beginning of all that propaganda indoctrination, etc. Um, so that's kind of what it's for. And I did a program like that. And it was funny, like they almost got me as well. <laughs> really? This, yeah, yeah, Like I did this program, it was like a six-week program in Israel and you tour all around. Yeah. And there was one week, it was kind of like you could, well, there was one week where you got to choose what you wanted to do for that week. So you could do like one week where you like go and t- camp out in the, the desert, the Negev desert out there and um, you hike through the desert or you could like um, do like this like politics seminar where you learn about Israeli politics and Israeli history. Or there was another one where you go and stay um, on a army base in the north near Lebanon, and the purpose of this army base is actually to get is it's for the Israeli teenagers to go to before they are conscripted. Right. So in Israel, it's conscription. You go to you're 18, you go straight into the the military. Yeah. So, but they have these little army bases for 16, 17 year olds to go to, so they get a taste of what it is like to be on an army base and mm-hmm. be in uniform and have to follow orders and stuff. And as part of our program, we were allowed to go to one of those bases for Lucky. a week. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I'll go to an army base. And uh, and yeah, the whole point of it is to like train you into the ideology of the Israeli Defense Forces and wow. why why they exist and et cetera. And I came out of that army base and I was like, I would fucking die for Israel. Really? <laughs> I was like, yes, we need, yes. Wow. <laughs> we, need a, we need a strong border. It like, really works. Yeah. And then I and then I now look back and I'm like, oh, that was clearly I was clearly being indoctrinated. Oh <laughs> like, shit. Were you pretty close to if they'd asked you to join up, do you would you reckon you would have been like, oh no, no, it? no, no, no. I was never gonna join the no, army. No, 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 I'm too much of a soft cock, but um <laughs> too much of a pussy. But uh but yeah, I remember like that's that's kind of what the program is trying yeah. to get you to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they want you to spoil that that stuff, and then they want you to go home and be an advocate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're not going to stay in Israel, at least go home and be an advocate and advocate and, for and, Israel. and talk it up. You yeah, know, when you get back to which back it to feels like you're doing a little bit. I mean, I do a little bit. I mean, no, not like sorry, I didn't mean that in a sense of like you're out there spruiking, but like you said, you support it. No, no, no. I, I mean, it's a good thing. I support the existence of a yeah, Jewish yeah, state. Yeah. Um, I don't support a lot of the, uh, the other things that, that are doing. that are done in the pursuit of that, but yeah, it's. Um, but I guess my point is that yeah, I mean, if I'm talking about Israel, I could talk about it for ages, but like yeah. there is yeah, I talk about how the nuance is dead in this world, and you're either like you know, it's either like oh you you you're pro Palestinian, you're a fucking terrorist dog, yeah, yeah, or totally. it's like oh you're pro Israel, you're a fucking Zionist dog, yeah, like, there's yeah, no, <laughs> there's no, you're allowed to be like this part's good, this part's yeah, bad, you whatever. Can, you can support you can be in the center on this you know totally. i think that's also perfectly which i where i try to find myself um talking about things that are completely black and white this is a fucking clunk 
funky segue. Let's go we did it. a gig last night in uh, the casino mm. and we were talking about I, I kind of wanted to pick up a conversation that we we're having because we started talking about marketing and like the casino being like social media and you said you had some thoughts about the way that we get indoctrinated into drinking culture in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were talking about advertising. I've, I brought up that fucking ad, man. It's a Victoria Bitter ad. A Victoria Bitter ad, yeah. It's uh, a hard-earned thirst needs a good cold beer. Yes. And the best cold beer is Vic. And they really skate past that premise that we all were just... It's a, it's a given. A hard-earned thirst needs a good cold beer. Yeah. That that's the antidote to thirst is yeah. a beer. Which is interesting because a beer, if anything, dehydrates you. Isn't exactly. It? <laughs> you yeah. should drink water. A hard-earned <laughs> thirst needs a bit of water, mate. So turn on the tap. It's free. I don't know how we're paying for this ad. Dun, 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 dun. And then it just says like Australian water. Sort of yeah. thing. <laughs> Pops up like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, don't know why, I don't know why they're advertising. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's fascinating if you talk about um, beer and alcohol advertising. They're geniuses because what they've done is, I think they're so smart, whoever thought of this, is to associate drinking with masculinity is so smart. Right. Because we just, it's it, saying it, you're like, oh, of course, but like yeah. not necessarily. Why is drinking such an arbitrary random act associated with masculinity? In particular, why is beer in particular? Yes. I mean, why is why does beer have a gender? Beer has a gender. It's a nonsense. It's it's, a, it's an absolute nonsense. It's male. Yeah, <laughs> like, like beer, beer is has ma- a dick. Yeah, yeah. Beer is male, and you know prosecco is female. Yes. Beer has a dick. Prosecco has a pussy. Yeah. For some reason, you say that to everyone, and everyone immediately accepts that. They're like, yeah. <laughs> and it, of course it does. Yeah. I never thought about this beer being a dick, but I am drinking it. Yeah. Like, but that's that's what advertising has done. It's it's you know been very very clever at making you just. Just unquestioningly, unquestioningly associate a product with uh, a type of agenda, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you go, "Oh, okay. Well, if I identify as a man and I want to be seen as a man, I should I have to I have this drink, drink a beer. And if I'm a woman and I want to identify as a woman, I got to have a prosecco or a rosé on a, on a warm day, whatever it is. You it's know, tr- I I think I was saying this yesterday that yeah, when I was younger, I would because I wanted to be a man and I wanted to drink beer and I knew like my dad drinks beer. Yeah. You're a man, you got to drink a beer. 100%. But when I started drinking beer, like a lot of us, I I didn't like the taste of it. Mm. But I remember being at parties and forcing the beer down and going to pee in the bushes and pouring a bit of the beer out yeah. to be like oh you said i remember you said that you didn't really grow up around that kind of culture the drinking culture so yeah in with the the culture that i grew up in was like we grew up in like just a, a almost like just a binge drinking culture right. in Jude. so judaism if i'm going to describe the drinking culture it's not like oh you just have a drink you know all all the time uh-huh. it's like oh you know you binge drink on certain for certain events right that's kind of what it is like on that jewish new year holiday yeah so well so the holiday that you binge drink on is a holiday called purim okay uh, and purim is like jewish halloween it happens in about march and uh, it's it, there's a you know there's a whole story behind it about how the jews were persecuted back in the day and then we somehow survived, etc. I think it's a made-up story, but we I was really going to say that sounds like a pretty familiar story. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I've heard that one before. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> why is it always like, Jews? I feel like you might be the problem. But, um, but anyway, that's kind of like the story you celebrate. But for whatever reason, you celebrate that day. It's it's meant to be a day of celebration and joy. Not all Jewish holidays are about joyfulness. This is right. the, probably like the only one that's like about joy. Cool. And so um, you're meant to drink heaps. You're meant to dress up and have fun and you, you know, that school that day was like always a write-off 
Yeah. The kids would always turn up crazy hungover because we had this huge party, the Purim party the oh, night before. Sick. And it was like every Jewish school would like have one big party together. Wow. Full of binge drinking, just kids making out. Sometimes it would be on the news because sometimes you'd have like ambulances turn up because these, you know, it's 14 year old kids. The kids drinking. are just getting after it just so hard. So hard. Because like, and so I think in Jewish culture, at least I was brought up on like this binge drinking culture. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, you, you drink on like, Big events, special events, and right? And when it's that event, you just there's no barrier, there's no boundaries. It's, to- cra- it's chaos, and like you know, the schools hated it, the parents hated it, but there's nothing they could do to stop right. it. So I think that was the culture that I grew up with. Of like, it's a it's binge drinking. Whereas maybe I'm not. Whereas, but like, you wouldn't drink every weekend. You would okay, be like, okay. oh, I'm drinking because you have to study because yeah. of the academic success. <laughs> we got other shit, we got other shit going on. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so you wouldn't drink every weekend. It was just like, oh, but there was a few weekends of the year where you'd fucking hit it hard. Do you reckon that is and I'm just spitballing but like is that a part of Jewish uh, culture intersecting with Australian culture because Australian culture like I wonder is Purim like that everywhere you find Jews I think so I think they, they drink pretty hard pretty much everywhere right okay but yeah I, certainly like Australia has a pretty decent drinking culture so that's certainly helps like I wonder if that's a kind of mixing of the two you know yeah. you find the drinking in Australia that goes with celebration and then Jewish people go okay well we're not going to drink all the time because we've got this whole other thing that we do about yeah. working hard and fucking being scared of the Nazis yeah, yeah but this is a time when we celebrate so I guess we'll celebrate like the locals and drink let's get on it yeah, yeah. a hard and thirst from running away from the Nazis. <laughs> the Nazis. Deserves a, a big, of running from Nazis. <laughs> deserves a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> means you got to drink a slab of VB on, in March. And exactly. It's one day in March. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, that's why I find interesting when I speak to like, I mean, other people who are like, oh, we would just drink all, like we would always, every weekend, every weekend we're having then, a couple of yeah. beers. Not to like necessarily get pissed, but uh-huh. just like you're always just having a beer. Yeah. Whereas like for Jews, like, oh no, we're drinking because we're doing it properly. Like we're doing it to get absolutely fucked off our faces. Right. And we do it a few nights of the year. Yeah. That was the way that I would I would look to drinking. And you never really did it outside of that that much. No, not really. Yeah, I mean personally okay. I wasn't a big drinker. Again, this I'm just, you know, painting doing broad brushstrokes yeah, here. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure there were Jewish kids who, who would drink of course. regularly, but the way that I always perceived drinking in the culture was like, no, nah, it's like we just have a – and also binge drinking is really bad. Like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it was like, oh, just, there's a few nights. Oh, we'll binge drink for Purim. We'll binge drink for this big 18th that's coming up. Yeah. We'll binge drink for, you know, whatever it is. Oh, the, the Jewish football club. We've just finished our season. Bang, let's get pissed. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So there was like a few, you know, uh, touchstones during the year that where you'd get absolutely obliterated. Yeah. And then I – yeah, but then when I – I speak to other people who were like, oh, no, we would like have a few beers – it was just every Saturday, like you yeah, yeah. drinking. Yeah, I mean, that, that was my experience of pretty much from like year 10, year 11. Yeah. Every weekend there's another party or there's another thing and every weekend is just trying to figure out how we're going to get our hands on these drinks. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So we can get lit up. Do you remember the first time you got drunk? Ooh, when was the first time I got drunk? I mean, it probably would have been, yeah, I would have been at one of these poor in parties. Yeah. So I would have been maybe 16, 15, 16, 17 probably. Did your parents get you the drinks? Um, I reckon no, no, no. My parents would not have done that. Uh, I mean, it would have been like you go to the party. There's just there's drinks there. There's just alcohol you just there. Steal them. Someone's parents bought them way too many. Someone's provided, them. and also yeah, someone's provided. And yeah. also, I think at the party because it was under an underage party, there wasn't really there wasn't alcohol at the party. So pre-drinks was the big thing. Where like were you, you pre-drinking? Just at like a mate's house, a friend's house. And, you know, you'd go to the party. You'd go to the pre-drinks. It was best night of the year, by the way. Yeah. Like, guys would go and get haircuts for that night for of the Purim. year. Like, a week before every, the party, 
every guy at school would have a haircut. Really? We'd be like, oh, that's your Puri haircut. Like that would all be like, yeah, God, I'm getting my Puri this oh, way. Oh, that's like, sick. <laughs> would you go? Would you go with a date? Um, Are you, so no, 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 no. So the boys would you go with your, with your boys? With the boys. But the whole thing was like you going there to you're fucked up, but you're going there to also make out with. Yeah. It was like yeah, you go yeah. there and try to make out with as many girls as you could. Oh, really? That's so it wasn't it was like well. I've got a thing going on with that girl, so I'm going to try and tee that like, up. Yeah, I mean, you try to do that, but often it was just about numbers. Like. <laughs> It's a numbers game, It's a mate. numbers game. It's a numbers game. So, I mean, there were people who would like... like It was like not uncommon to make out with five, six people yeah, or whatever. Yeah, totally. Some people would do like, you know, double figures. Like, yeah, yeah. Like just crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why we did that. And I don't know why that became a culture. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's what it but was. But that's what it is. And they're probably still doing that now, the kids nowadays. I think that actually has changed a lot. Since oh, really? I, so now I think like the parents and schools have kind of been like, this is real bad. We got to stop this. Yeah. It's a real indictment on the community when it's on the news every year. <laughs> <laughs> so now they have um, not all the schools used to come together and have one huge party uh-huh. and now I think all the schools have their own parties. Which is lame because the whole thing is you want to meet a girl from exactly. another school that you don't know who she is Exactly, and you're like, man, this is sick. But I know it, all these girls who don't know that I'm a loser. Yeah. <laughs> but it keeps a lot more, you know, when you yeah, you, you divide and keep it a bit more, you yeah, manage yeah. when it's when it's, you know, just 100 kids instead of 400 kids, you can, yeah. you can control things a bit more. That sounds like schoolies. That's what my experience of schoolies was. Yeah. Was like... And a school, we always. That's down why to Jewish kids Harlem. don't really go to schoolies that much because we oh. kind of we kind of have it already. Yeah, that's a thing. Jewish kids aren't going to schoolies. I didn't go to schoolies. Yeah, it's it's just not a thing that they necessarily. Do you know why? Because they all go to Israel. That's why. Ah, oh, because you as finish soon school, as school finishes. You, you get finish your school. You're, you're on a yeah. You're on a plan to Israel to do one of your your yeah, Israel wow. programs. So I think that's probably also the reason. Man, sick. Yeah, yeah. And how are you with drinking now? Do you, do you drink now? Right. Oh, not so much. Not so much. Not so much. I mean, uh, I like to because I, I mean, first of all, I'm on a, this diet called the FODMAP diet, right? Which is the coolest thing you can bring up on a podcast. Uh-huh. But uh, it's like being a gold member at a Porto. It's oh, a pretty cool thing. Yes, brother. <laughs> and I will be laughing about that later on privately. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's being on the FODMAP diet means like there's a lot of foods that like I won't have because it makes me feel sick, um, and that mean and there's a lot of alcohol. That kind of yeah. falls under that category. So, like, I you know, I, I really wouldn't have that much. I wouldn't if I have beer. I, I really, I don't ever like the taste of beer. But if I drank, I wouldn't be drinking more than one drink. Yeah, okay. Um, same with wine. I don't really like the taste of yeah, wine that like much. It. But if I had a glass of wine, I would have no more than a glass of wine. Yeah. Um, I can't have like rum and tequila. So I usually, if I drink, I'm I'm drinking like gin and sodas. Yeah, okay. Um, an espresso martini because I like coffee. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of pretty. Selective. I'm pretty limited with what I do drink, but also I like to, you know, I like waking up early and being productive and getting shit done because the Nazis could be at the door tomorrow. Yes. So I'm not a huge drinker. I just yeah. would like to, I, I prefer to have the next day, you know, to be productive. Yeah, totally. That's kind of how I feel as well. That's a big part of not drinking for me is being yeah. able to wake up. And I know when you gave up alcohol a couple of years ago, that was what you were saying. You were just like, you didn't want to wake up and feel be shit. Be a and piece lose of a shit and feel yeah. guilty and sad and ashamed. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're almost done. This is the point when I would ask you how you like the drink. But this is a double, it's a double shame. First of all, you couldn't drink it because yeah. that diet, what was it? The, uh, the pear FODMAP, juice. The FODMAP diet and that, that drink had pear juice pear in it. Pear juice. Which has fructose in it and that would make me shit my pants. What does FODMAP stand for? 
Uh, it's like fructose, oligosaccharide. It's right. Everything is a th- is like a, a thing, thing you can't like have. Avoid, basically. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> and no. <laughs> the P is for pussy because uh, no one will fuck you. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so it's, it's a bummer that you couldn't have this drink because it's just nice to be able to try a drink. But two... Uh, what you don't know is that this drink I just confirmed today is made by uh, our good friend Seren Jayaman. His partner owns this company and makes this drink, Tina. It stands for This Is Not Alcohol. Oh, that's so cool. Isn't it cool? So you just brought that I brought it unknowing. I, I, I knew that his partner was making a non-alcoholic drink and I had an inkling that it might have been this, but I couldn't quite remember. But the um, uh, anadrinks.com.au, which, by the way, are the sponsor of the show, go on their website and find all alcohol-free drinks delivered Australia-wide. Sick. So good. Great. <laughs> I'll give them a better plug in the intro. Uh, Some of them might even be FODMAP-friendly. They might even be FODMAP-friendly. Yeah. See, I didn't know what the parameters were. I remember you did say there were like some things that you couldn't drink, but I guess I didn't ask you the right questions to understand it's, exactly what Even if you was. asked the right questions, it would take uh, several years to kind of explain right, it all too. Right, So it's not even worth it. But um, yeah, I so the uh, anadrinks.com.au just sent me like 10 different drinks and this happened to be one of them. And when I was coming here, I was like, I reckon that's the one that Seren's partner makes. And I checked with him and it is. And that's I went Serena. on their website and he's on the website giving her like, hey, go see these comedy festival shows. So I was like, this is clearly the one then. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, he's, he's plugging an, a competitor to his partner's yeah, yeah, product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there was just some photo of him that wasn't a press shot at all. It was clearly like a, just like a, a candid shot. What was it? It's him like salting a fish. <laughs> but it's just like taken on someone's phone. It's like, oh, this is like someone who knows Saran would have been able to get yes. this photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's a great cook as well, Saran. Is so he? It makes sense that he would be salting fish oh, there on, you his, go. I on gotta his days go, off. i got to suss that out. You know whose food I just had recently? Um, Ivana Estigueta. Oh, now that's a man you want to eat Ooh, with. Ooh, mate. Because he used to be a chef. Or, Did he? Yeah, he was. I like, didn't know about that. Uh, he used to, I mean, I'm pretty sure he used to work in a, in a restaurant wow. and in cafes and stuff. I, I just, I, yeah, I went around his place. It was me and him. And uh, and Waka, yes, um, and we uh, and a couple other friends, and we had uh, lamb you... shanks. Oh fuck yeah! It was out of control. He's man. a Venezuelan man. Do you yeah. make Venezuelan lamb shanks? I don't know what kind of lamb shanks he made, mate, yeah. but they were fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this Tina drink is really good, man. It's like a it's like a tea based thing. It's uh, filtered water, oolong tea, honey bush, lemon myrtle, and then a bunch of other stuff that I can't taste. Is it masquerading as like an alcoholic beverage? It's or? A, it's an alcohol alternative. Where does it it says? Like does it is it meant to taste like a gin and soda or is no. it? No, well, okay. I, see, that, I guess that's like a bit of an argument or uh, like a discussion in the narrative around alcohol-free drinks. Mm. Are they supposed to taste like alcohol yes. or not? Because it's like it's like um, you know vegan food when they make like a thing that's like it's not chicken but yeah. it's marketed as chicken don't call it chicken call it another thing yeah, be creative stop, let's make stop. a new thing yeah it's and also like same thing with like almond milk it's like yeah. it's not milk just can we just do you have to trade on the name milk to sell yes, your product exactly I know you kind of do but just create can a new thing can we be thing. a bit more creative yeah just call it a new thing yes and sell it as a new thing it's, and same thing like yeah vegans are like when you, you buy a burger and it's yeah. like oh it's like the vegan beef patty 
You can't. Don't put the. Just call it a vegan just patty. Just call it something just else. Tell me it's the chickpea mushroom patty. Yeah. Or like right. make up a new word. What <laughs> yeah. are you a fucking idiot? You can't even like Cholula, whatever the fuck. Well, you can make Too up better words. than that. <laughs> but like, so you're not that easy to make up words, is it? That's why they're not making up words. Grintum. Ah. Cum burger. Shit. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's harder than we thought. But this is, I think, doing a really good job marketing wise mm. of and look like the the uh, label is just. A kind of little swirly pattern but it looks like you know the fact that it's tea you look at that and you're like yeah it does kind of seem like it would be tea it's like a sparkling thing it says somewhere on here complex and lightly sparkling a subtle flavor delight where uh oh i swear i saw maybe it was on their website something about that it's an alternative to alcohol rather than being like an alcohol free blur yeah 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 it's an alternative mind you isn't everything an alternative to alcohol yes yeah i mean if you're a jew working hard and uh, keeping meat in your freezer it's an alternative to alcohol (laughs) no that's so funny my alternative to alcohol is this alcohol free beer mine is a freezer full of beef just a maniacal drive to succeed in life (laughs) (laughs) fuck man well look I reckon that's about it for us what do you got to plug bro Uh, I mean I got shows in the UK and in mainland Europe um, but just follow me on uh, Instagram TikTok Facebook I got a special on YouTube you can check that out just type in Michael Schaefer on YouTube it'll pop up what's the special called Uh, it's called All Right Next Joke okay and uh, if you like the first two minutes of the show you'll really like the show. If you don't like the first two minutes, you're going to hate the whole thing. Great, but you will have to watch it because oh. you've you know, you've, you, you've started. You've committed. <laughs> you've started. Like you got to finish your play. You got to so, finish the play. So. You got to finish your comedy special because <laughs> the Nazis come and there's no comedy specials for anyone. <laughs> Could be the last comedy special you ever watch. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, uh, oh, you find me on AidenJonesComedy.com, Instagram, same thing. Um, I was about to plug this podcast. I do a podcast. <laughs> it's about not drinking. Um. Um, I've got shows uh, coming up. They're all on my website, adjustcomedy.com slash tickets. And uh, thanks so much for coming on, Michael Schaefer. Been a pleasure. Always. And I'm Adam Jones. I'm so much